0: All right, welcome to the wrestle down. Wrestle down.
1: We speak. We
0: speak. We all speak for wrestle down. Wrestle down. Uh, Where we talk about wrestling bow i am Jer Paloppo. That makes me Dennis Bruno. And Keaton the Kitten Man is over on the other side. He's our mascot. He is hes maybe licking his asshole. We don't Ugh. know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Strong. Yes. Uh, there hasn't been a lot going on in wrestling. We're all, you know, this week we had the uh, New Beginning shows in J- New Japan. I have not watched them yet. I had a busy weekend. I did watch the Goto Shingo match, which was excellent. Yes, it was. You like hard-hitting wrestling. And the yelling at each other, baby buddy. <laughs> which is
1: what Goto call chingo which started the whole feud. Are we joking? You don't know, you gotta watch it. Right? Unless you speak Japanese and you trust Chris Charlton, you don't know that we're wrong. Welcome to the rest of the hour. rest Down.
0: <laughs> the uh, the most important news this week is that Bray Wyatt wants to ride a monster truck into WrestleMania, I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> and that brings us one step closer to my ultimate dream of monster trucks in the stands. Yeah, just on the upper row. If you're listening to this podcast right now. Do not buy tickets to Wrestlemania. They're gonna need those upper levels to have monster trucks running around while Brock Lesnar fights Drew McIntyre
1: and while, I don't know, Goldberg fights fucking Triple H or whoever. Yep. The best part about these monster trucks hypothetically for Wrestlemania is that they would burst out of a pirate ship. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a lot of checkboxes to check if you're, say, an overly caffeinated 7 or 8 year old boy. And god damn it, every boy should be caffeinated.
0: <laughs> That's the American
1: promise. <laughs> Starbucks, we're looking at you. <laughs> Get going on that kids' media. Hell yeah.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, so what I mentioned this. I've been watching the uh, She one series from uh, Eve. It's their annual G1 equivalent wrestling tournament with yep. Robbins style. It's all right. I think the thing that hurts it the most is that they do it over a weekend, I assume because they've got God knows how many wrestlers on a tight schedule. So they just do four shows in a weekend, and I think two people had to be replaced in the later shows. I'm guessing like injuries or double booking themselves. Yeah. I don't know. And then, you know, it just, it's not as, it doesn't have the grandeur of the. G1 tournament, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the biggest stumbling block you mentioned there is if you have people who are contractors and have commitments to other places, they can't be there for, say, the entire thing. So that's going to be a challenge for booking a tournament like that. Yeah.
0: It's interesting. It's good. If you like women's wrestling and you like boarding small businesses, Eve Wrestling is right there. I love it. I think once it ends, I've I've, I've told you this, I think once it ends, I'm going to sign up for DDT World. Nice. Because they have DDT, TJPW, and soon they're going to have Noah. That seems like a lot of bang for your buck. So yeah,
1: it's a ringing endorsement. So of the people who are in the She One now, who are some notable names that people might recognize, or just people that you're uh, big on?
0: Uh, Jazz is in it. Oh nice.
1: Yeah, uh, Rio Riley's their top
0: champion right now. She's also in there. She's the matchmaker. Yes, not anymore. Now that she's champion, uh, her I think her last move as matchmaker was to make herself the champion. Yeah, <laughs> if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, from Wrestle Kingdom two. Uh, this is all leading up to Wrestle Kingdom three, which I'm sure is great. Uh, Laura D. Mateo, who why would you last? Uh, I when you watched uh, that one Eve show.
1: Big fan uh, of Laura yeah, D. she's awesome. So if Rhea Ripley has been is is champion now, has she, she been champion since Wrestle Kingdom?
0: Yes, so. but Wrestle Kingdom like happened in the summer, I believe. Okay, so it hasn't been that long.
1: Still, it's a it's a pretty lengthy title run, and I feel yeah. like especially in the wide wacky world of professional wrestling, any long title run kind of stands out.
0: Yeah. She's doing a great job as a heel. Amelia oh, McKenzie, who's great and young and uh, was in NXT UK for a little bit. Yep. She's also in there. Wasn't yes. she trained by uh, Pete Dunne? Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. Or They haven't brought it up, at least, on okay. commentary. She had a great match with Laura DiMatteo at the... I think it was the... Yeah, it was the finals. Nice. It was great. So, I'm looking forward to watching the last show... Uh, or the block finals. I'm going to watch the actual finals later on.
1: Hmm. But before that... What have you been watching? Anything? You've been watching lots of stuff. I actually gave um, NWA Power mm. a view last week. Which? What'd you think? It is produced like for me. I've, I became a fan of the wrestling in uh, like the early '90s, is the clearest I can remember any wrestling. So I never got the chance to watch NWA or any of like the classic Southern wrestling. Right. Um, so I've
0: only ever watched it like in post, like afterwards. Right. Yeah.
1: So it it's produced like no other show in wrestling right now, which is definitely a good strength of theirs, their talent roster is, it, it's a wide range. Like, Trevor Murdoch is booked unironically in there. Mm. James Storm is in, like, some of their top people are like James Storm, Nick Aldis, who's very good, uh, Tim Storm, who's just kind of like their their Terry Funk. Yeah. Um, then people like Colt Cabana, Ken Anderson, Eli Drake are running around. Yeah. I really like Thunder Rosa. Yeah, she's great. She's, yeah.
0: She deserves more. Bigger jobs than
1: she gets. Right. And I think that if anybody kind of busts out of power, I think it'll be Aldis eventually. I would, at least I hope for him, but definitely Thunder Rosa close second. Yeah, nice.
0: Nice. I gotta watch that.
1: Yeah. Their women's champ at the moment, I'm pretty sure, is still Allison Kay, who I really mm. like. Um, I didn't get the chance to watch her as Sienna yeah. in TNA, and I was hoping she'd get signed after she'd been in the Mayon Classic, but she does well in power. Right.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot going on, no, but if we didn't, I'm guessing neither of us watched Raw or SmackDown.
1: Now, I yeah. I mean, I, I, as busy as I keep, I don't ever want to carve out time on a Friday to watch SmackDown Live. Yeah, I can't watch it live because I just don't want
0: to. Yeah. Um, And also, like, just catching up after the fact. It just feels like there's not much worth catching up on. Yep. I will catch whatever WWE puts on their Twitter account <laughs> that I scroll past. I got to see more or less the entirety of uh, Alexa Bliss, Chris the McC- uh, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Fire and Desire tag match.
1: There you go. Yeah, which is
0: so sad that it fits into one tweet. But you know what? They all did good work for that 30 seconds.
1: Well, that's exactly why I was hoping we could talk about uh, or at least focus on women's wrestling because I feel like the focus on them has started to kind of peter off the last few months.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And I feel like they're getting about a match every Raw or SmackDown and maybe a talking segment on top of that. Yeah. And you're kind of lucky to see that. So, part of what I was hoping to focus on is just to kind of like get the hopes up that, like, yeah. leading up to WrestleMania and after that, they'll start to give more attention to him. All right, so let's get into Segment Mania for a
0: very special Wrestle Down. Wrestle Down, ladies. Yes, we want to. It's too bad we couldn't get a lady onto this one. I am. Um, Logistics. We did not decide on the topic until today, and it's Dennis's idea. Thanks for him. Woo! And yeah, yeah, we'll talk about this. Our favorite lady wrestle, our female wrestlers all time of the moment. You know what? What do you think makes it's makes
1: uh, wrestling special when it's the uh, women? I think that very similar to men, but in a different way of confidence. Get to have a unique look. Hopefully, distinctive gear. Mm. Music, I feel like plays less of a role, but mm. definitely can help enhance certain talents more than anything else, it almost feels like getting it done in the ring can be secondary because I feel like Hulk Hogan and contemporaries like him kind of prove that, but right. more than anything else, I just feel like if they can be like strongly relatable, but also in in certain ways larger than life. Yeah. Yeah. I think in some ways because uh, female wrestling in
0: North America has been so downplayed over the years, yep. it feels like an underdog story every time you watch it in a way, and in some cases, the, re- the wrestling's better. I think there was the... Owner of Eve who pointed this out, but women's bodies are meant to are biologically able to produce babies and like give birth and all that. So of course their bodies are gonna be more able to handle the rigors of getting slammed and whatever
1: for wrestling. Yep. I'm trying to say that in a way that doesn't sound sexist, but when she said it it was smart. (laughs) No, I I think that adds up in the sense that I mean, if they have more if if biologically Hmm. a woman's body is meant to absorb more lower body impact or damage over time. It makes sense, especially as, as like, the 70s, 80s, arguably, male ideal would be, like, barrel-chested in a tiny waist. Yep. Or just top-heavy. Right. So it would make sense that there's more longevity to body types that are built to be stronger in the core.
0: Yeah, very true.
1: And I also think it helps because, like, I think, I just, we watch those who
0: are listening to the wrestling now we every week pretty much right before we watch a couple matches from stardom Yep. and they are brutal with their submissions yeah like they've been very very in ways that are painful to look at yep and it's it makes it fun to watch makes it seem more realistic to see somebody almost get their arms torn off but they're fine you know 30 seconds later yep so yeah that's uh, it we've got we've had you're right there's been an upswing in women's wrestling in some ways but it also feels like Raw, SmackDown, and uh, AEW A- A- have all kind of downplayed
1: it. Yeah. I feel like that it's been easier in the last few years just for digestible media of most kinds for pro wrestling to see the kind of wrestling you want. Talking about stardom, we're yep. seeing it now. You have a subscription for Eve. Yep. But yeah, WWE is kind of the tre- like the pace setter when it comes to like popular trends and professional wrestling in America and arguably around the world. So when they don't really focus on something as much, it kind of falls off. One of the hopes for AEW is like a newer, hotter company is that they would start to give more of a shine to that. They yeah. have. They haven't. Yeah. Part of that has to do with it's kind of what you described with um, the She One of mm-hmm. just they booked... Rio to be their first women's champion, and she just has commitments in other companies and right. probably outside of the country. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to focus on the division as much if their champion's not around. Right. Also, it- also, like a lot of their other women are also like international people. Yep.
0: And I've, it's, I guess, hard to get visas hmm. these days. So. You know, given the political climate. Yep. So, it's tough for them. I could tell you what you were saying. Oh, yeah.
1: So, there's just more in, like, sometimes it works in your favor. Like, Britt Baker, her heel turn recently has been fed a lot by where the hell's Rio. Mm-hmm. So, it adds more intrigue to when her and Rio actually face off and have a title match that I would hope gets the title off of Rio so onto somebody who's around more right but yeah a, a lot of AEW anyways uh, women's wrestlers are indies they have other commitments or they're just like young and making their way like Big Swall Nyla Rose Shana they just they don't have established names so they're right. they're starting from behind yeah they've got to like make their stars and i don't think AEW's quite good at
0: that yet? Uh-uh. Like, they they have that NXT problem where if you like them on the indies, you're like, oh, I know Donovan Jack, He's amazing. But when it comes to your, if you're a new person coming to it, you're like, I don't, this guy's just another big, tall guy who can flip a couple times. And I think AEW has that problem where they haven't quite found the anchor for their women's division. So it's kind of just throwing a bunch of random people out there every week and seeing, like, I don't know, maybe... Maybe Emi Sakura will be it this week, or yeah. maybe... I can't even remember another person on the roster right now, but...
1: It, yeah, It's hard, and I think that's... They almost have a shotgun approach, like what you're saying. Like, Hikaru Ushida's in there, mm. but, you know, sometimes she's there, sometimes she's not. Emi Sakura... Rio, Big Swole, Nyla Rose, Shanna, yep. Britt Baker, it can be a surprisingly deep division, but they don't necessarily have, like, clear alignments or, like, no. power levels, because technically Brandy Rhodes is a wrestler, mm. but it seems like she wrestles more infrequently yeah. by design. Allie's a manager now, which I was hoping she would wrestle more.
0: Right, same here. It's weird. She's just, like, in the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. Yep. And it's strange that she's not... Wrestling at all because she's a good wrestler. Yeah, they could kind of use somebody with her like talents. Really. Yeah, Penelope Ford also managing. Yep, uh, a lot. I feel like a lot of the women's division stuff in AEW winds up on AEW Dark. Yep, which is fine, but it also makes it seem less important and fewer eyes are getting on it. So like you or I, I don't think either of us do. You re- regularly watch Dark actually.
1: Um, I catch it like every other week.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, neither of us are like hardcore watching Dark every week. So we don't quite yet the full scope of the women's division. Yep. Especially when they're, I mean, this is a thing that you see in hindsight that they probably couldn't have guessed, but, like, their big storyline for the women's division was the Nightmare Collective with Brandi Rhodes and Awesome Kong and a couple other wrestlers being a faction and cutting people's hair off, and nobody was behind it. Nope. The audience hated it, and I think they seem to have uh, retconned it away. Yeah. By giving, by having Brandi go to therapy on... On YouTube <laughs> have you seen that video I haven't oh there's like a yeah there's a thing where she's like in therapy on YouTube and they like she like talks through her feelings or whatever and then by the end she like is just she like she starts a video on the therapist couch in like the full nightmare collective gothic gear yep and then by the end she's just in normal Brandy Rose clothes and then that was kind of the end of it huh and I think on AW dark um, the two greener Nightmare Collective of wrestlers uh, turned on Awesome Kong. Mm. So,
1: it seems like they've
0: disbanded that idea, which is fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense, and if Awesome Kong's not well enough to wrestle, which it yeah. seems like that's the case, then you might as well split off the people who can. Right, exactly. That was, like, the big problem with it. You were creating a heel faction around a couple
0: people who can't wrestle or aren't great wrestlers, so it's hard to say. Maybe Awesome Kong was thought she could do it and then get, like, Doctor's News or something. Who knows? Yep. Who knows? But, yeah. I feel bad for missing SmackDown every week because they have
1: a lot of my favorite female wrestlers. Yeah. They have my favorite horsewoman. They yep. have Bailey. Yeah. And a lot of kind of how they get presented is a lot of how she kinda of gets booked. At least it seems like the latest episode of SmackDown they're getting away from Lacey Evans in yeah. the title picture, which is always good. Right. Lacey Evans is she has a lot of good qualities. She's an American hero, arguably, and she she has time to work into like grow into her role as a face, but mm-hmm. just not in the title picture, right? She's uh, and she's been in the title picture too much yep. for someone so green, right? So now Naomi's back. Naomi yes. and Bailey can pair off. Hopefully, have a title feud, maybe either into Mania or right before. I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. I, the day after the Royal Rumble, I was like, I don't know who can face Bailey,
0: but I hope it's like I don't know Naomi, just off the top of my head, and thankfully. Naomi kind of went viral after the Rumble because yep. people love seeing strong women be amazing. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah, she got a lot of eyes on the product who aren't wrestling fans. And I hope that her reward is a little run at the top
1: for yep. a little while. I, in as much as of love as I have for Bayley, like this run has been weirdly like fractured in terms of sometimes focusing on Sasha Banks, sometimes mm-hmm. not sometimes focusing on just, like, her weird, like, ring gear sometimes, where she has, like, an odd, like, head accessory, mm-hmm. and then it just doesn't play into anything else aside from just kind of, like, looking ost- ostentatious before. Nothing really informs, like, more of why is she a villain, why is she mean, why is she frustrated and upset. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep, the initial turn was great. Yep. plus stuff. It's just the follow-through and the fact that they're not really focusing on the women on SmackDown means that she has very little time, and also her foil is Lacey Evans, who yeah. is... She's got that like AJ Styles, like white bread face thing. Yep. Like she's not like amazing, but you're like, I see why you would want me to root for her. I'm just not going to do it. I'm right. lazy. <laughs> um, and also, like, yeah, I've, it's weird because like Bailey and Sasha are, on, you know, a team, but because Bailey's a champion, they're not doing team shit. No. So Sasha's kind of just an accessory to her, which is, I mean, if she's happy doing that, I hope she is. Yeah. <laughs> Getting paid, I assume. Um, Yeah, she's she's supposedly recording a rap album. I... Can't wait to hear the Snoop Dogg verse that's going to be on there.
1: There you go. Um, and yeah, and you mentioned earlier you watched Fire and Desire fight Bliss Cross Applesauce, yep. and like that's four of the other women that are on there. They haven't figured out another direction for Carmella, where she was right. helping out with the twenty four seven title, but now she's just kind of there. Yep. But yeah, it and they still haven't resolved really like the the situation with the women's tag titles because mm-hmm. technically they're on Raw because that's where the Kabuki Warriors are. Right. So what do the SmackDown ladies do? Do they just kind of? They just kind of
0: round robin. It's weird because Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are... They're probably building to something that's going to be a special, like, a good match. Mm. Because of the love triangle they have with Otis. (laughs) But it's weird because last Friday on SmackDown, I think maybe even the... No, the week before that, they got interrupted for the Royal Rumble. Yep. But, like, this Friday, they lost to Alexa Bliss for no real reason. Yep. It's like, you know, as much as I love Alexa Bliss, she'll be on my list of favorites. It's just weird. And then I think Raw just suffers because it's kind of the Becky Lynch show. Yep. There's no really... Who else is on Raw? Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Who won the Royal Rumble this year? Oh, Charlotte. But exactly, wasn't she on SmackDown? Yeah. And then she like. Well, (laughs) she. Sorry, go ahead. I think she was on SmackDown, but then she transferred over to Raw because they care about the Raw segments.
1: Right. I mean, she. The reason why I asked that question to you specifically is that, like, Charlotte came over to Raw, like, around the time that they were doing the roster split for, like, the big USA Fox kind of, like, roster alignment. But then she did, like, nothing of note as a Raw superstar. Yeah. So then she won the Royal Rumble, and she's still on Raw, and the rumor is that she's gonna fight Rhea Ripley, which should be a great match. Yes. But, like you said, they didn't, hadn't really put anything together consistently for the women to do, except unless they were Becky Lynch. Yeah. Lana has been tied to men. All right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Liv- that and Liv Morgan got in- awkwardly inserted into that. Yep. Kyrie Sane and Asuka were on SmackDown, now they're on Raw. It, it's not clear if there's a brand split or there isn't. Yeah. I think, I mean, the brand split seems
0: pretty straightforward, except for with... Regards to something like the tag titles were supposed to be on every brand. Yeah. And I mean, Kyrie and Asuka did defend on NXT one time. Yep. But they haven't shown up on SmackDown no. almost ever, if ever. And they've mostly been on Raw. It's just, I don't know. I think the time balance is another problem because they got more shit to fill on, on Raw. Whereas on SmackDown, you got to keep it quick. And that means like 30, 40 minutes of, of dog food segments. And three minutes of tag team women's wrestling.
1: Yeah, gotta sell the, those Alpo debt. Oh, Alpo cans. <laughs>
0: Linda, we bought all this dog food. What <laughs>
1: are we gonna do with it? <laughs> uh,
0: former head of small business. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about our favorite women's wrestlers. Yeah, I don't know, we can just keep going until we fucking run out of steam. That's how that's how we record every episode. <laughs> and then I edit it, and I don't edit the lack of steam at the end. <laughs> Our viewership mostly Steam-based. I I edit out the ums and the pauses so that you get to the lack of steam faster.
1: Oh, gee, it's so efficient. <laughs> You're welcome, listening audience. <laughs> Just a little peek into the process. <laughs> uh, do you want to start? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think about it in terms of, in like realistically as a fan was I really a fan of it in, like women's professional wrestling in the 80s I can't say I was I was too young right yeah and in the 90s like I could rattle off names like Sable and Alondra Blaze but I'm just like I wasn't really fans of them as like women's professional wrestlers more as like yeah. figureheads so fandom for me in terms of just like women's wrestling started with the the two classic figureheads Trish and Lita okay yeah yeah they were probably
0: any North American fan would probably or especially anybody who grew up in the Attitude Era of North America, they'd be the beginning of it, at least. Yep. Trish specifically, I kind of like a lot and respect because she improved so much. Like she was terrible at first. Yeah. Because she was there's was like three generations of female wrestlers that WWE hired that were just like models that they trained to wrestle, but she like kept improving and I honestly I think her work in the like matches that she's come back for, like at Evolution and against Charlotte at was it last SummerSlam? Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those two matches, like, kind of, they rewrite her legacy in a way. Yeah. Because it's like she wasn't that good at the time, and if she was that good, her opponents were not that good, and they weren't being given the time to show that they were good. Yep. So now that she's getting, like, a 12-minute spot against Charlotte that she looks amazing in, it kind of makes it
1: feel like, oh, there's, like, a little bit of a missed opportunity in the past there, Yeah. possibly. Yeah. I, I, no I, I would strongly agree with that because it, she off she got matched up with certain people who could really go like Very late, she almost had the chance to wrestle people like Beth Phoenix and Natalya. Yeah, but she did have Molly Holly. She had Victoria. She had Lita. So I would put her match with Charlotte from Summerslam last year in like a top ten of women's professional wrestling. Oh, because and in part that's a commentary on like how scattered women's booking has been. True, but also she was excellent. It was like one last hurrah type of match. Charlotte is excellent. She has become like the person that you go to in at least WWE style of just like. Marquee showcase women's mm. professional wrestling match. Right. And Trish, it's like she she's one of the biggest reasons that they were able to focus away from just kind of like, oh, these are models and these are people mm. who are just gonna be valets, and to take them more seriously as like violent competitors who can also hold their own. Yep. And the counter to that was Lita. Yep. Yeah, the the downside to Trish was that Because she was someone who was, like, a model that they hired. Like,
0: they kind of did it for more people and it was way less successful, which kind of shows how talented she was. Yep. And how driven she was. Because there's, like, for every example like her, there's, like, a half dozen of people who were, like, all right, you knew how to do a a head scissors and, like, a a stomp and maybe a taunt. Yep. And that's how... (laughs) If you go back to, say, a video game from the late 90s, early 2000s, and play as any of the women in those games, it's like, yeah, hair, big old slaps, a couple shoves, and maybe
1: like a leg lock of some kind. So, yeah, some like throwing by the hair, a lot of like swiveling hips, mm-hmm. a lot of big boots. Yeah. Very, very basic like catfight type of things. Right. And I feel like Trish and Leader were instrumental in getting away from booking matches as if they were just like bar fights mm-hmm. and just like caddy things you'd see in like a trailer park. Yeah. To actual professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, definitely. I would also have from that same generation, uh, Molly Holly, as yep. you mentioned. Like she was she was genuinely a, a very good wrestler and who never really got the chance. I hope that someday if she's still like healthy enough to do it, I hope that someday she gets like even like you know, the way they brought Mickey James back yep. for one NXT match. If they could do the same thing for her sometime, that would be amazing, you know? I would I'd, love that. I don't think she's, like, a marquee-level name that you would bring back at SummerSlam or something, but, like, if she can still go and you threw her in with I don't know, Dakota Kai or some shit, yep. like,
1: you could get a very good match out of that, I think. I mean, it's, it's a classic wrestling storyline of young, brash athlete who's looking to make their name versus returning veteran who will help them do that, but you gotta work really hard to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, like off of Tegan Knox or Bianca Belair or Shotzi Blackheart, anybody who's just, like, young enough and hasn't won a marquee match that mm. they would really catapult themselves forward by beating him, sure. Yeah, definitely. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think she was the first and at least in the incarnation I'm thinking of for the hardcore title, the only women's hardcore champion. Yeah, off the top of my head, she probably
0: is the only woman who yeah. won it, yeah.
1: And it didn't feel, like, it was silly, because she hit the hurricane over the head with a frying pan. Yes. But you like watching that I was just like no I, w- I would buy that yeah she, she could beat Crash Holly. she could beat a lot of the guys yep definitely yeah that was I mean it was a 24-7 equivalent so
0: yep. it's kind of like how Carmella has Carmella won that or did she just always
1: I she wanted. She, to I want think more. she won yeah I
0: think she won it and then some beat her and then R-Truth beat that person whatever yeah and yeah. Alana
1: Reyes has won it and Candice Michelle won it and yeah. Callie Kelly won it
0: yes yeah.
1: yeah I would also
0: I feel like for me I've been getting more into Joshi over the past few years yep. Japanese women's wrestling and I, the best of all time is probably Minami Toyota. wrestled all over the place. Like, I have never... Like, I think in some ways time flattens her legacy in a way in such that what survives is amazing. So I don't know if she's ever had an off night, but you could literally go into YouTube and watch her versus Aja Kong or uh, Linus Asuka or whatever and just, like... Go into YouTube, type in Minami Toyota, and like any of the matches you find on there are going to be five stars plus. Wow. It's absolutely, she's unbelievable. She, yeah, she, that's, um, I wish that I could have watched her stuff live, but it wasn't really available at the time. Yeah. But you watch one
1: match after that podcast if you want. I would love to. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredibly strong endorsement because, mm. I mean, I know the name Aja Kong. I yeah. think I've seen one or two of her matches ever, but. Yeah. I've started to grow more of an appreciation for Joshi mm-hmm. through stardom and through us yeah. um, talking more about wrestling. So as far as like the Joshi style right now, I didn't have an appreciation for Mayu Iwatami until I started watching more of how like goofy and accessible she is, but also super fucking talented. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I've, it's easy to see some of the wrestlers in stardom and be like, oh, they're goofy and whatever, but yep. they can... They can hit as hard as anybody. They can absolutely go, is the thing. And I feel like they do a very good job, similar to how New Japan does, of just, like, they've split them a lot into factions, so a lot of their styles kind of mesh together. But then you have people you have people in Oedo Tai who don't take things as seriously, but then when they turn it on, like, the now re- retired Kagetsu. Yes. Yeah. Like she was one of the first people I looked at. I was like, all right, I get why you're different. I like you have a very laid back style, but you can kick ass. Yeah. Can turn it on, hit really hard, fly through the air. Yeah. yeah I love. Yeah, Kagetsu is one of
0: my favorites. Absolutely. It's sad that she's retiring, but if that's what she wants, then she can do it. Hey, Keaton. Yep. You want to say anything about Joshi, or you just want to rub your face on the microphone? He might say his first word. Nope, that seems unlikely. <laughs> he is uh, sitting on my table for the first time, and he is bewildered at the view.
1: Yep. <laughs> and the thing is, because of wrestlers like Iwatami and just like the strong work style ethic of Japanese professional wrestling, it highlights how silly some other wrestlers can be. So like the other parts of Oidotai, like Natsu. Yes, yeah. Who just kind of sticks out of my head from just doing friggin' groin thrusts into people's face and corners. And session moth. Yes, yeah, they got a lot of good comedy wrestlers in there.
0: Hmm. Uh, Natsu is specific. I mean, Natsu is amazing. She got a whole feud going based on karaokeing Saki's theme badly. There you go. And then calling her like trashy and dressing up as her with like a blonde wig and smoking cigarettes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now Saki's on her in her in her uh, faction. Sometimes if you're just magnetic enough, people will follow you because yes. you, you speak truth like. <laughs> It's truth to Fiction. Wasn't <laughs> truth to Power? Truth to Power. There yeah, it is. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like, my taste of Joshi Wrestling in terms of just like, oh, this is why I should get into it. Asuka was a big bridge for me. Yeah. Because she came in, I knew the name Kana, I hadn't mm. seen any matches, but then she went on an unbelievable run in NXT, and... Hasn't so much translated to the main roster, but... Yeah, she's getting there, though. It's improving. Her situation's getting better. Yeah, but, like, she also, like, she's the one who unseated Bailey's women's champion. Mm-hmm. She powerbombed Nia Jax in Japan. Yep. She has so many just, like, very memorable moments. She knocked out Diana Parazo when Deanna Parazo wasn't the, the... Oh, what is she called now? Oh, uh... Impresario.
0: I don't remember because she hasn't been on TV right in a while. yeah. She
1: knocked in out Diana Prazo before Diana Prazo was named. Yes, before Diana Prazo got signed to NXT. really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just responsible for, in an absence of all of the four horsewomen, because they'd been on the main roster of just like keeping NXT's women division afloat. Yep, she had great matches with Ember Moon. Uh, yeah, Asuka's amazing. She definitely,
0: she would definitely be one of the bridges for me too, because I once I realized where she came from not Stardom specifically, but Stardom was the most uh, accessible uh, way to get into the kind of scene that Asuka had made her name in. Mm. Oh, Rick Eden. Okay.
1: Yeah, and then shows like Lucha Underground, anything that yeah. was kind of like fringe to expose a world that I hadn't necessarily known about before. That's how I saw Kyrie Sane for the first time. Oh, right, Doing yeah. elbow drops. I got to re-watch
0: that episode, yeah. For those who don't know, three of or stardom's three biggest wrestlers, Mayu Itani, Io Shirai, and Kairi Hojo, now Kyrie Sane, are all showed up in one episode of Lucha Underground to to a Gotham match against Pentagon Jr. Yep. And it was maybe the best wrestling episode of all time. Yeah. Amazing.
1: And, like, booked really intelligently, like, Mayu fought Pentagon first, like, showed a lot of her really good stuff, lost. Mm. Kyrie hit her elbow drop. They traded back and forth, still lost. Kairi, or, uh, hit... The, yep. Io Shirai jumped off the top of, like, at least a 30, 40-foot ju- height jump, nailed Pentagon beat him with a standing Canadian Destroyer, and he still had to wrestle another match. Yeah. Because <laughs> Black Lotus came out after that. Right, yeah. It was a great like series of
0: matches for, I mean, for Pentagon specifically, but also just a good highlight, uh, a way of highlighting a style of wrestling that never really got its due in America. Yep. And maybe it was the start of getting some of those women signed, yeah. except for Mayu currently, but right. everyone else is
1: around now. Yeah, so in the, it's, it feels kind of like more of an indie vibe and an indie kind of energy mentioning Lucha and that kind of like brings up companies like Impact. Yes. So I have Rosemary on my short list.
0: Yeah, Impact is like great because they definitely did right
1: by their women for maybe not since day one but like by day three. Day three onward. I mean, I'll, when Impact started getting noticed for having really good professional wrestling, Gail Kim stepped in the door, yep. Awesome Kong showed up, and the two of them laid the groundwork for what ended up being very good women's professional wrestling for a solid, like, two, three years. Yeah, and then, I
0: mean, they've kept their the emphasis on it for the whole time, and then it it's ebbed and flowed, but right. yeah, that initial class with Gail Kim and uh, Awesome Kong and, and others were like, and uh, Allison Kay were all... Uh, like amazing wrestlers, and they really, I think in some ways they forced WWE to kind of take it a little bit more seriously, yeah. at least at the developmental level, even if the main roster had always dropped the ball.
1: That's what I really appreciated, is that like they absolutely forged a very strong women's professional wrestling path, but we were at that point for WWE fans in the diva search generation of just like, right. here's Maria Kanellis, here's Candice Michelle, here's Michelle McCool, it's almost traumatizing thinking back to like I never wanted to accept Michelle McCool as a good wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. She's not really. Yeah. Stop telling me this. Stop giving her titles. Right. I know it's
0: It's so interesting because they were doing that kind of thing and then at like the FCW level or whatever the developmental was at the time they'd be signing like Beth Phoenix and Molly Holly people who like were proving themselves in like Shimmer and like indies that were focused on women and then kind of funneling them up to the main roster and then being like okay now now you got to fight a model yep. and make her look good. Yep. And that was basically their roles.
1: Yeah. I mean, it almost feels like a turning point. The match I'm thinking of with Candice Michelle versus Beth Phoenix, where Candice Michelle broke her collarbone. Yeah. Just like this is the difference. Like mm. this is an accident, and it's really unfortunate. But like this is the difference between somebody who you don't have to really worry about hurting themselves from falling off the top rope, mm. versus somebody who can really take care of themselves and their their opponents in matches. Yeah. For sure. Who else you got? I got. We mentioned her earlier, Mickey James. Yeah. Like. She started to at least give a hope of once Trish goes away, once Lita goes away, this, these are the people who we can build off of. Yeah, and then she went to DNA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame her. I mean, one of the things that one of the big friggin' showcases they had for her was calling her fat.
0: Yes, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, they had some really embarrassing games. Natalia with her farting gimmick for. Yep. it's funny because that was only about two months, I think, and then but it really outsized. It's, like, a big part of her legacy. It will be very funny, again, when she goes into the Hall of Fame and there's some fart noises. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, it, but until then, it's kind of like, oh, it's kinda like really degrading right. as a gimmick.
1: It's one of the, it's almost like the comedy formula, tragedy plus time equals comedy, yeah. where you're just like, oh, you have to put up with so much shit. That mm-hmm. just felt unnecessary because, like, it was also at the time where she was paired off with Hornswoggle in the Great yeah, Colley anyway. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. It was just even harder to take her seriously. Yeah. But yeah, Natalia, she felt like she came a generation too soon in terms of being talented in a ring.
0: Both talent, like too soon and too late. Yeah. In a way, because like she, yeah, she was one of those people I was talking about who was like basically her job was to make less good wrestlers look good. Yep. I in her prime, I'm sure she would have put out some real bangers. Yep. But now she's kind of. She was way better than all everyone at the Diva Search era, and now she's not as good as everybody now because they've developed characters a little bit better. Whereas right, right now she's just like a series of ticks. Yeah. So I feel like I never fully got what she could be right. in a perfect scenario, which yeah. is too bad. But she's definitely a talented person in the ring. Yep. You don't you don't
1: get to be a pseudo heart by you know. You don't get to be Ronda Rousey's best friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's everybody's best friend because she trained all of them. It's true.
1: Keaton just bumped his head. (laughs) Little buddy. (laughs) That's why he'll never be a wrestler. No. you got to protect your neck, buddy. Speaking of protect your neck, Mia Yim. Yes, yeah. She's very good. Amazing, yeah. We saw her uh, in Keith Lee's last
0: indie match. Yep. She did a great job. I think that match is uh, free right now on Beyond Wrestling's YouTube channel. Yeah, they just put it up recently. Yep, amazing stuff. And she was Jade in Impact. Did an awesome job out there, too. Yep. I actually didn't know that Mia him, and Jade were the same person. <laughs> because there was a part of it that was like, she looks a lot like Mia Yim. But am I racist and Asian <laughs> at the same time? Are you Asian, <laughs> Thank God, uh, my brain wasn't broken. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's. I saw her having some great, like, hardcore style matches and stuff in Impact, and now she's in NXT. And like we talked about, how she hasn't fully figured out her character yet in NXT, mm. but she's amazing, and hopefully she will. Yeah. She has a, you know, a great a life story, uh, overcoming a lot like, in her real life outside of wrestling. Mm. So
1: I think she like she deserves the accolades that she gets Yeah. whenever she can get over with the audience better. I feel like there's always going to be a difference you're going to see with wrestlers like her versus wrestlers like Vanessa Bourne mm. or the other half of Bad and Bougie that I'm blanking on, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. yeah. That like, there are some people who are just so talented in-ring that that'll never keep them from being... At a certain level on the card, like, she'll, because we have covered before, like, her match with Sheena Baszler wasn't as good as, I think, anyone wanted it really to be. Yeah. So I don't think she'll be back in the title scene soon, but I think that, yeah, with a little bit of a character tweak leaning into something that kind of, like, propels her forward, then she'll be marquee talent no time. Yeah, she needs a feud
0: or a, a promo or something that will really, like, this is who I am, this is what I'm fighting for kind of yep. moment, so... Once they figure that out, she's going to be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I should, we should shout out that NXT, out of this like mainstream wrestling culture that's kind of downplayed the women a lot, NXT is the one that's really keeping the fire going yeah. lately. They've just been very much focusing on their women. Rhea Ripley is maybe one of the most over, no, she definitely is one of the most over people. She might be the most over person
1: on the roster currently. Yeah. Which is a hell of a thing to say when Adam Cole is your champion. Mm-hmm. It has been for close to a year now. Yeah, when you get guys like Adam
0: Cole and Matt Riddle up there in the title picture, Keith Lee also. Yep. You know, but then, like, her win over Shayna was fire. Yep. And the, it felt earned when the entire locker room emptied out to carry her on their shoulders.
1: Yeah. Which, in a way, is a testament to all the good work. Or, it, not in a way, it is a testament to all the good work that Shayna Baszler did yes. in her over a year run with the title. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, over a year interrupted a little bit. I think Kyrie won it back for a little bit, right? Even after, because she won it back in Evolution.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's
1: a year and like a few months. Wow. Yep. Yeah, so she
0: essentially clo- a year and a half to two years of dominance. Yep. A little bit of an interruption, one year of completely uninterrupted uh, stuff. Yeah, she was an amazing heel. She's definitely one of the p- best people they have on the roster. Yep. And I feel like sometimes her big matches, like, don't connect with the audience as well but like i see what she's doing and i'm like this is amazing it's like radiohead yeah. I, it doesn't it doesn't get me emotionally some of the time yeah but most all the time i'm like i see what you're doing there and it's actually very brilliant
1: i like the notes <laughs> who knows what a computer is now Beep, boop. <laughs> i had yeah i got training here like i was going back and forth in like a timeline of what made sense to list people out because mm. my all-time f- um, favorite WWE women's match is Bayley versus Sasha at the first TakeOver. Oh,
0: yeah. It, I mean, that's, that's a that's a perfect one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in terms of like if you're going to make a top ten or even a top five list of all of best ever TakeOver matches, I feel like that's right up there. Yeah. Because it was a, like Sasha had moved on to the main roster at this point, right. but uh, was still carrying the championship. Bailey was the last horsewoman left because Charlotte and Becky had also moved on, so it was a change in the guard. It was incredibly emotional. It absolutely trumped the men's main event, which was Balor and Owens in a ladder match for right. the title. Right. Yeah,
0: you would have expected. I mean, I'm sure they expected that one to blow the roof off the house, but they the crowd just couldn't get past the Bailey Sasha one. Nope. I think that their Iron Man match that followed up was the better match. Yeah. But the takeover one is the uh, the takeover Brooklyn one. The first one is such a, it's a landmark. Yeah. It's, you know, its historical value outweighs the ring work.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely more of an emotional pop. Mm -hmm. And it, like, I feel like that match is kind of how you get a big emotional catharsis from a match like Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania. Yeah. Because it was Asuka being undefeated, having freshly won the first Women's Royal Rumble Mm -hmm. ever. Charlotte kind of seeming like an underdog even though she was champion. Right. And, getting a humongous reaction by tapping out Asuka. Yes, yeah, it's too bad because I
0: wish that, you know, Asuka had been undefeated for longer mm. or had been booked kind of undefeated afterwards. That was really the thing that deflated it. Yeah, how, oh, let's see, who else? Yeah, we should might as well go through the horse, the horsewomen, I mean, Becky just found her voice. Yep. But was amazing the whole time. Right. It's just like, like for a while, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe it's true that uh, these the sweet face characters can't connect to audiences as well. I don't know because hmm. I think she and Sami Zayn were doing A plus work the entire time that they were faces, yep. and then, well, I mean, Becky's a face now, but they didn't intend for that to be the case. Right. Obviously now she's a bit more of a rough around the edges, tough guy character, an antihero. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. So and she's that she's fit that role perfectly. It's it I. I am amazed that it does work, because I really liked her as a jokey, kind of fun person who's kind of fun, relatable. Yeah. In, in, in her early main roster run.
1: I mean, in, in like, modern terms right now, I feel like it's the difference between Carmella's character now, which doesn't really have to have a char- has a have a direction. Yeah. It's likable, it's charismatic, she's, you know, a, a face kind of by default. Yeah. But nothing really drives her. The man is the man.
0: Yes, yeah. She, like, had something to push against, and that was just her own... Being underrated. Yep. And she used that to pull herself up and be the top person on the roster, arguably.
1: Being underrated, having like a lot of the attention of the at the time being focused on Ronda Rousey, who wasn't Mm. really around as much. Yep. Getting concussed by Nia Jax, having her nose broken and through a concussion, putting like getting herself over. Yeah. Yeah. So a force in nature, Charlotte almost threw a lot. Through just like sheer force of will. Her entire wrestling career is a tribute to her brother brother, who's passed away, which is amazing.
0: Yes, I know that she didn't want to do this really. And now she's maybe the best at it in the ring, like, you know, purely athletically. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, she's definitely, like you said, the person that you would put up on a marquee thing. I think all of the horsewomen, though, are people that you could put in the ring with someone with less experience and get, like, at least a B match out of. So. Yep. With Becky, you can get like a, you know, B plus, A minus feud.
1: Yeah, and in a lot of ways, I feel like they got the trampoline to get there off of the excellent work that Emma and Paige did.
0: Yes, I was going to bring up both of them. Emma, I feel so bad for her because she deserves more credit than she gets. Yep. And, I I mean, don't ever steal an iPad case, I guess. (laughs) Like, that was the thing. She was an amazing wrestler. And then she, like, got busted for, like, shoplift. Yeah, shoplifting an iPad case out of a Walmart. I don't know what that situation was exactly. And then, like, they never trusted her after that or yep. bungled all of her momentum up to that point. She was
1: fired. She wasn't fired. Yeah. And, it, it, like, even putting that incident aside, they just brought her up to be Santino's love interest. Yes. So that didn't help either. Right. Yeah, now, then,
0: yes, they, they just didn't know what to do with her, but she and Paige had some excellent matches in NXT. Yep. And Paige, uh, amazing. She probably outdoes Emma in terms of like charisma and just a very unique look. It's too bad that her career is very short. Yep. Oh, I mean, with Edge coming back, who knows? I, who knows what her, you know, what her she, she, her is going to be like in ten years or whatever. Right. But right now, it's a she had to retire at 25 and had left behind a lot of great matches. Yep. That's Fewer true. matches than she should have had because there, she was the bridge where the main roster didn't know what to do with women. Because she, had, she spent, like, a year, maybe, maybe less than that, feuding with AJ Lee in a pseudo-lesbian thing that was, in hindsight, I'm sure watching it would be very offensive.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, no, when the WWE decided to basically mm-hmm. get out a big megahorn and be like, hey, main roster, we're going to take the women seriously now, she was one of the nine. Yes. It was, oh, God, the submission sorority yes. later PCB. And then the Bellas with Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, Team Bad after that. Mm-hmm. So begrudgingly I'll, uh, fucking the Bellas
0: yeah yeah.
1: I, I, yeah I would I would not
0: do it begrudgingly ah. uh, mostly because I think Nikki is genuinely a very good or was a genuinely very good wrestler at the end she got there yeah she got the, she stepped it up and then she like broke her neck twice yep and that is not great but like she did a you know great job there Bree never really figured it out but you know as a set they're you know it's rare that you get twins in anything yeah so you know, that made them very unique and very marketable and they were very much one of those people who started out as models and figured it out or didn't yeah and yeah and i like I, i'm a fan of theirs overall mm. and I, but i also understand the fans were frustrated with them like you know for
1: just being eye candy for eight years and then turning it on for three being eye candy, but what what bugged me when they were on top was that it felt like they were on top not just by default, but that by being on top by default meant they were the standard. Mm, yeah. And that's when other companies I started to appreciate more, like Impact, in terms of like now I don't have any trouble buying Gail Kim as a champion, or even ODB, who's more kind of like a goofy comedy wrestler. Was like yep. I feel like she would win in a fight versus Brie or Nikki.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But they got there eventually, and then it. Uh, laid groundwork for other people to come up, transition over from NXT without a ton of experience to main roster and be able to like combine a glamorous lifestyle with good in-ring work with people yeah. like Nijax. Yeah, I want. I do wonder where, like, if
0: you would have as much attention paid to women's wrestling without like the reality shows that tag along with it. Like in some ways, it hmm. kind of maybe put it kept it on life support in yeah. some ways, and then gave them a reason to sign a bunch of women. To just put them on E for an hour every week, instead of signing no women, and or signing three women, having them be valets. Right. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting thought experiment. Glad we're out of it, but
1: yeah, you know, in in five or ten years, I'd I'd like to revisit it. only in the, in the sense of just like because what I'd always read is that Brie and Nikki wanted to get like reality shows. To make money for themselves. Yeah. It never felt like they wanted to elevate professional wrestling or women's professional wrestling specifically or like be female role models. They just wanted to make money. Yeah. Which, it's a carny business. Yeah. Everyone's in there to make money, I get. Right. But it just never felt like they were there to give back. It felt like they were there to take.
0: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Because I feel like now like they're so tied to it that they couldn't get out if they wanted to. Mm. Uh, I mean, even if they're not really able to be present there, it's part of their brand, I guess, mm. in a way.
1: Rebel is having babies yeah. with a wrestler. She'll yeah. Never be out. Yes, that is true.
0: <laughs> it will be multiple babies. Yeah. Um,
1: my one of
0: my favorites, I think, sentimental favorites, I let's say is Alexa Bliss. We yep. brought her up. Like I think I was, I mean, you were skeptical of her when she was called up at first. I was. But I was like very gung ho about her because I was like, I see that she's got more character stuff going on than the women who are better in the ring than her, and all she has to do is get better and she definitely has and no one will give her credit for it yeah it's like now she's like she's amazing and now it's just like three minute tag matches yep which means that she's doing like a minute and a half of work
1: I feel like I like I reference Carmella a lot as a frame of reference Mm. because her and Alexa Bliss got called up at the same time yeah I feel like they were at similar spots, but you you nail it. Mm -hmm. It was like Alexa knew who her character was or more of what she could do if she was given the opportunity, and it led to a title run and galvanized her to get better in the ring, and she has. Carmella's still figuring it out. Yeah. So, yeah, no, all the credit in the world to Alexa because that was also at a time where she wasn't on any of, like, the teams that were revolutionizing professional wrestling. She was just there doing hard work.
0: Yeah, she just got called up, and then they figured out she could talk, and she could talk better than any of the other women on the roster at the time. Yep. And, I mean, now she would probably be neck and neck with uh, Becky, yep. probably. But, yeah, th- that led to her just being showcased in all of these talking segments and title runs where, even if she was injured, which happened more than I would like, yeah, she was able to just, quote-unquote, host a talk show on Raw every week. Yep. And, yeah, and that's a pretty long way to go from, I mean, we saw her in Lowell and NXT and Lowell before she got called up, where she was just jobbing to Oscar for thirty seconds. Yep. Mike Deaton, no, you weren't there.
1: Yeah. I mean, You're it's been it's been said a lot in a few different ways of like maximizing minutes. She yeah. she exemplifies that. Yeah. And she
0: also, I mean, I are, I get the fans who say that she's had too many minutes to maximize because in some ways she's she might be the only woman out of outside of the fourth horse the uh, four horsewomen who got. Gets over pushed a little bit, mm. which, is fine. It's fine by me, especially now that she's you know helping get Nikki Cross some time on TV. Yep, another great standout.
1: I mean, through just sheer force of will, in terms of like both of them, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, in, ter- in seeming to just very much like each other in real life. Yeah. There was never a point in them tagging together, in them teaming together, hanging out together, where it was just like, all right, Alexa Bliss is now like a good person or somebody you can relate to. No, she's just a friend yeah. to Nikki Cross. <laughs> yeah, I loved how I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching
0: that match on Twitter. Uh, that like, it started as like, it's them antagonizing Bailey and Bailey being like, she's gonna turn, one of you is gonna turn on the other yeah. eventually. And it's been like two years and it hasn't happened yet. They're just a regular tag team they just like coffee in each other they seem yeah they seem delightful and it's you know keep together as long as it works yep buddy. yeah and is there I want to uh, say the
1: Iconics but they're just in a hole right now yeah they I just, know it's like I don't know what they're up to I mean they're killing it on Instagram they look very good <laughs> I have
0: not looked at their Instagrams in a while I have I mean I'm not going to disagree with you yeah. that was it's too bad because they're they're unique they're a very unique act because they're annoying funny. Yep. Like they're annoying heels, but they're also hilarious at it. Right. And WWE has figured out how to work that. No. Which is too bad because they usually, like with Alexa Bliss, they usually figure out how to do something with people's with strong personalities. Yeah. And then they can work in the ring. They just don't have an opportunity so far.
1: It's just, it's very strange in modern WWE when you can look back at an event like the Royal Rumble and Sasha Banks wasn't in it. I mean, arguably because she's injured and it was her birthday. Yeah. But also, the Iconics' former women's tag team champions are just not there. Yeah, they just haven't been on TV at all.
0: Yep. I don't know, maybe they'll repackage them or something like that. I would. I, I would hope not because I love them as they are, but... Yeah. If it's something, Maybe it's like Becky Lynch. Maybe they haven't figured out the thing that gets them to connect. I don't know. Maybe they're right now just getting their degrees in journalism. <laughs> they, they are going to journalism for that. Maybe they're just... Maybe they've pissed off Kayla maybe. too much. Uh, Kayla's got stroke.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Keaton, we're joking. Kayla's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta make sure... A, a Keaton is a cat. He doesn't understand the difference between kayfabe and reality. Aww. So. Who's a <laughs> full of water? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: That's uh. What do you hope for, like, with the women of the future, man? For the women of the future, I would love them to get on a show like Raw or SmackDown, a quarter to a third of the show. Like, it yeah. seems unrealistic to think in like male-dominated professional wrestling companies, it's ever gonna be equal. Yeah. Or that it could be in the next, I don't know, ten or fifteen years. Love yeah. to be wrong. But just more attention, more yeah. getting, like getting taken seriously. I feel like the WWE specifically flirted with at uh, Stomping Grounds this year the idea of inter wrestling, mm-hmm. but Becky Lynch just got flattened by Baron Corbin. Right. It feels like that's where they're at in terms of their view of women. So I would like it to be more of... I'm trying to think of like NXT examples of like women beating up men because I can't really mm-hmm. think of a ton off the top of my head.
0: Not really beating them up, but Nikki Cross was able to land some... Uh, offense on some tag teams when she yeah. was in
1: insa- uh, insanity, and like even during Tommaso, the um, the mystery oh. behind who hurt Aleister Black. Yeah. she stood face to face with Tommaso champion Champa at the height of his uh, run as champion, mm-hmm. and was as over as anybody. Right. So I would love the WWE to or and wrestling in general to just capitalize on those lightning in a bottle moments and run with them more. Yeah, I think intergender wrestling is something that I would want to see more
0: of. Mm. I think I don't know if. Uh, American culture is ready for that, but I do know that I think tonight on AEW Dark they have an Aaron Jenner match nice. that they filmed on the Jericho Cruise mm. and that, that Riho and Kenny Omega versus Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Ford. Yeah. yeah, so supposedly there's a lot of each everybody working with each other on that, so hopefully that'll be like a thing that cracks the door open along with all the good stuff lucha underground did. Yep. which goes along with some of the bad stuff lucha underground did yep. and some of the bad stuff Lucha underground's roster did. But um overall, I think like I think the trend is positive. I think we're at a down point just because who's in charge. Right. But at some point it's got to reverse. I also would not mind it if WWE just had a show that was just the women. Yeah. Like in the past, I've been like, don't do that because like 205 Alive ghettoizes the cruiserweights. But at this point, I'm like, it's the only solution. Yeah. That we can have more but, time. Yeah.
1: And it's, it, it, I like the phrasing of just like in America because in Canada, yeah. Tessa Blanchard's the champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere, like, I feel like wrestling fans are open minded and they understand that. If it's a man versus a woman, it's two people consenting to compete against each other, yep. and it's not that much different than Rey Mysterio fighting Brock Lesnar. Right. But I definitely see people replying to shit on Twitter and being like, "Ah, it's unrealistic. A woman, her boobies would get in the way." <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Thank you, Jim Cornette. <laughs> it's just unrealistic and it's too funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, fucking Twitter.
0: I know, it's it's a garbage heap out there, but there are good people and good companies doing good shit. So, I think eventually people will see the right of way, or the sun will explode and burn us all. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of
1: the two. <laughs> one of the two. We'll see. It's a race against time. Wrestlemania solar race.
0: <laughs> oh no, Keen's going to go find a bomb shelter. No, oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, this has been The Wrestle Down. Uh, I'm Jared Paloppo, twitter.com, swing
1: dangling. Dennis Bruno at dbruno42 on Instagram at Sensei Denny B on Twitter. Thanks for listening up to The Wrestle Down. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Oh, and also Keaton is on uh, Instagram. Keaton. It. <laughs> tight. Keaton <Keeping> it tight. <laughs> tight. Tight.